In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Well, again, Merry Christmas. Great to see all of you. You look great. You smell great. <laughs> you sound great. Not as good as James, but we all sound good, you know. But uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for making CVC part of your Christmas celebration. My name's Chad, one of the pastors on staff. Just good to be with you. You know, when a child is born, it changes everything in the family. I was just talking to a young couple, uh, one of the last services, and they just had this brand new little baby, and they were sitting in the service, and afterwards they said, you weren't kidding. <laughs> Man, your priorities change when a baby comes into your life. Uh, the way you spend money changes. Your social life changes. Your sleep schedule changes. The sights and sounds and smells in your home all change. When a child enters your home, that little baby has the power to change everything for a family. And in the same way, when Jesus was born, everything changed. But not just for a family, for the world. Our source of hope changed. Our source of joy changed. Our source of strength changed. Our broken and fractured relationship with God was being changed because of the birth of Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ, Christmas, changes everything. And here's why. Because Jesus changes everything. And as we spend some time celebrating and reflecting on the birth of Christ, from some of these verses read out of the book of Luke, chapter uh, 2, I want to share with you right now, during our time, three ways that Christmas changes us. For this session, uh, first, Christmas changes the way we see God work. A lot of times when we look at God's handiwork in uh, the world and in history, it can seem random, it can seem disconnected, or maybe we think it's coincidental, or we might even argue, well, is God even at work? But when you look at these passages, this is just one of many evidences that God is working, and He works outside of how we think He does. Christmas changes the way we see God work. If you're not careful, you'll miss one really important observation from the verses that were just read. When Caesar Augustus issued the decree for the census, everyone had to go back to their town of birth. I want you to imagine going in a time machine back to that era. And you lived wherever you were in that known world at the time under the rule of Rome. And the Caesar then issues a decree that you have to go back to the city that you were born in. So I want you to think for a second of the city that you were born in, okay? Think about where you were born. Got it? 
Okay, uh, let's say that census happened this year and we all had to go back to our home. On the count of three, shout out the city that you would have to go back to, okay? One, two, three. Modesto. That's a little bit chaotic, isn't it? Chaos. That's what it was like, this chaos. Everybody had to go back to their city, and Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem. Of course, Mary and the precious child that she was carrying were going along with him. So they packed their bags, they hit the road to Bethlehem, and at first this doesn't seem like a big deal until you realize that God is using Caesar kind of like a little chess piece to carry out his plan. The funny thing is probably Caesar thought it was his brilliant idea to come up with the census, but God was really maneuvering the fulfillment of his plan. And what we see here is that 700 years, and this is just one of many situations, but 700 years before the birth of Jesus, God spoke through the prophet Micah. It's found in the Old Testament passage of Micah 5, 2, that his Messiah, his promised one, would come from Bethlehem. And here now we see God maneuvering Caesar Augustus to make a decree to get the people he wanted to the place he wanted them. This is God's doing. This is how he works. He's intentional. He's purposeful. And so we see in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days." And using map language, God puts a big red X on Bethlehem of Ephrathah. Now, some of you have heard Ephrathah, like you've grown up reading the Christmas story, and some of you go, I have no clue what Ephrathah is, okay? Ephrathah is a district. And so Bethlehem was in the district of Ephrathah. It'd be the same thing as saying, oh, I live in North Royalton, Cuyahoga County, okay, something like that. And so Bethlehem, Ephrathah, this district. And God had already used this little obscure village before. This was the birthplace of the second and most favored king of Israel, King David. That's why Bethlehem is referred to as the city of David, because this great king came out of this little tiny village. And I love what God's doing here. He's also being intentional and purposeful here. He's bringing up a greater David, a better king, a king of kings out of the same place from the one king he had brought already. And so we know that this is the Lord's work. And he's saying that he's going to bring one who comes forth from the ancient of days. This is a reference to the one who's eternal, one who exists before and outside of time. And of course, we know that Bethlehem was the place that Jesus was born. Now, I just want to talk to the kids for a minute, because I know there's a bunch of kids in here, and uh, it wouldn't be Christmas without Christmas songs, it wouldn't be Christmas without celebrating the birth of Christ, and it probably wouldn't be Christmas without a bad Christmas dad joke, too, okay? So, uh, for all the kids, really fast, how did Mary and Joseph know how much Jesus weighed when he was born there in Bethlehem? Here's Here's how. Because they had a way in the manger, okay? Just so you... Yeah, that's bad. So glad I didn't make that one up. There's a whole list of those. I better not get started, huh? Jesus being born in the exact spot that God said the Savior would be born 700 years earlier shows that God's really intentional in how he works. He has a plan. He carries out the plan. And the events that we read in the Bible, including the Christmas narrative, are not random. They're not coincidental. But God is intentional and purposeful in all he does. And as you celebrate and reflect on the birth of Jesus and the wonder of how God works, don't forget, he works in your life.
to. And he's purposeful, and he's intentional, and he'll let all things, the, the joyful things and the painful things, work together for good if you love him and surrender and submit to him his life, him in your life. And so don't forget that he works in your life. When you surrender to Christ and you stop trying to be the God of your own life, you stop trying to control everything and everybody in your own life, and you stop trying to force your own plans upon yourself, your eyes are open and your heart is opened to God's intentional, caring, and good plan for your life. I love how this Bible verse uh, shares that with us. It's Philippians 1.6. We're told, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. We're always in this uh, season of growth. Sometimes we're taking that first step of faith. Sometimes it's the thousandth step of faith. But God's always working in our life and growing us and using the things in our life to help shape us. And if God can coordinate and communicate the location of the birth of Jesus and carry it out, how much more can he carry out his plan in our lives? I mean, he can make the dirty clean. He can make the ashamed confident. He can take the prideful and make them humble. He can make the insecure secure. He can make the broken whole. The birth of Christ reminds us that God has plans, that his plans work, and that he's working his plans. And the birth at Bethlehem shouts God's faithfulness and God's intentionality in all he does. And I want to take that concept of Christmas changing uh, the way we see God work. I just want to pray around that for a minute. And so I want to invite Denise Pitek to come up, and she's just going to lead us in prayer, praying around that understanding. So, Denise. Father, I pray that miraculous events that you put into place those 2,000-plus years ago would continue to stir our hearts to marvel at the way you love us and pursue us. Give us hearts and minds and spirits that continue to remember the things you've done and hearts and minds and spirits that look for what you're continuing to do in each of our lives. I love that you're an active God. I love that you were active those 2,000 plus years ago from the beginning of time and today, Lord. I pray that every person here would learn something new about you today. I pray that every person here would be filled with the hope and the joy that we have in you. I pray that anyone here that hasn't heard this good news before would be celebrating this Christmas with a new understanding of who you are and who you are to them. I love you and I am forever grateful for, for who you are to me. I praise you and I thank you in your holy, precious name. Amen. And in this same region, there are shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over her flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angels said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby 
dressed in suddenly clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those of whom he is pleased. Thank you, Maddie. You know, Christmas changes the way we see God work, and Christmas also changes the way we see Jesus. You know, one mistake that parents often make is not letting their children grow up. <laughs> Our kids grow up fast, and many of us as parents have caught ourselves treating them younger than they actually are in the moment. We get kind of emotionally stuck in a time warp, and we still see these little babies that we used to hold and the little toddlers that would walk around our house experimenting on their, their new legs, you know? Sometimes we make the same mistake with Jesus. We see him as the little child in the manger, which is who he was at birth, but he didn't stay that way. Little baby Jesus grew up. We read in the Bible of Jesus teaching and speaking with authority healing the blind and the crippled, miraculously feeding thousands, calming raging storms with a mere word, and eventually laying down his life for us. See, Christmas helps us see not just the baby in the manger, but also the man who was God, who is beyond the manger. And as the shepherds experienced this stunning angelic announcement, God also told them not just to go see Jesus, but to see Jesus to see him for who he really was. And what we see here in Luke 2.11 is that God uses three very distinct and powerful words to describe how to see Jesus. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, say the rest with me, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Three words, Savior, Christ, and Lord. First, the word Savior. The word Savior means deliverer. Now again, because I love all the kids in the room, I know some of you are working through your kids program and you're probably in that word search section at some point looking for the words. The word savior is a little tricky. So because I love you, I given you the cheat to that. Okay. So if you're looking for savior, there it is. It's a little tricky to find, but Jesus is our savior. He came to deliver us. He came to deliver slaves. People are enslaved to their sin. We're enslaved to our appetites, to our lust, to our addictions, and to our selfishness. And there's a reason why the angel said that he had good news of great joy that would be for all the people. Because all the people need a Savior. <laughs> Everyone. Why? Because of sin. We break God's law and we break God's heart every day. But God offers repair to that relationship. He offers forgiveness and mercy through Christ. And so he offers an opportunity to fix this enslavement that we have through the birth of Christ as our Savior. We all need rescuing and deliverance from sin. And Jesus is the only one who has the power to free us. He's the only one that has the power to forgive us and to free us. He is Savior. Is He your Savior? And if not, you can place your faith in Him as Savior today. He's also called Christ. Christ is 
uh, way we say Messiah is from the Hebrew word Mashiach. It means the anointed one, the promised one. In God's word, he tells of the coming of one who would be uh, saving and rescuing his people, the anointed one, the promised one. And so this title refers to Christ's divinity as the one appointed and promised by God that would come and free and rescue. And Jesus is also Lord. This means he's master, he's owner, he's ruler. This is a title given to God. Jesus is God in the flesh, what we call the incarnation. And so it's Jesus who has all authority and all power. Jesus wasn't a man who became God. It was God who became man, the incarnation. And so how amazing it must have been for these shepherds to look in the manger and see this little baby boy in the manger, but see beyond the baby in the manger to who he really was, Savior, Christ, Lord. And Jesus confirmed these titles by his miraculous ministry, by his sacrificial death on the cross, and by his victorious resurrection from the grave. All that we could have, what we saw here in that passage, peace. And when you hear the word peace, by the way, in Christmas carols and in the Christmas narrative, it's not the word peace as in I just have this warm, you know, fuzzy feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm all is well in the world. That's not the kind of peace we're talking about. It's peace between God and man. We're enemies of God because of rebellion. We have turned ourselves away from God, but if we turn back to God through the means he's made available, his son, Jesus Christ, then we shall have peace with God. We're made right. We're restored back into relationship with God. And so this one born in Bethlehem came also to be born in our hearts through faith and belief. Christmas helps us see Jesus differently. You know, one of the ways that our family uh, has started you know, visualizing that in our home is whenever we set up our nativity, there's a picture of our nativity set, uh, I've taken a crown of thorns and put it in the nativity. It's a reminder that not only is this, and, and I love the contrast, here's Christ in the manger, but it's also Christ who wore the crown. And the story doesn't stop at the manger. You look at that manger and realize the whole story. And so that's one way that you can remember that Christ came on a rescue mission for humanity. How has Christmas helped you see Christ differently? Do you only see a baby in a manger? Or do you see so much more? Uh, I want us to pray around that thought for a minute. So Pastor Brian's going to come up and lead us through a time of praying through that understanding. Thank you, Brian. Let's pray. God, thank you that the announcing of the arrival of your son broke through the silence and showed your great glory to us. God, we join with the heavenly host and we praise you, God, for the sending of your son. I praise you that when we were drowning in our sin and our selfishness and were enemies of yours, that you heard our desperate cries and you sent us a rescue. God, thank you for the hope of peace that you brought into the world with the arrival of Jesus. Thank you that because of your coming, we don't need to live in fear. Your word says, unto us is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's the good news 
of great joy that you've sent for all the people. So God, we thank you for sending him in the most unlikely way, in great humility. I pray that we would seek and find you, Jesus, this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes who you've sent to set us free. You are our Messiah, Christ the Lord. We thank you on this day for this incredible gift you've sent to us. God, may we wholeheartedly receive your arrival and surrender and make you Lord of our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. So Christmas changes how we see God work. Christmas changes how we see Jesus. And Christmas changes everyone who believes. Awe and amazement filled everyone the day of Christ's birth. It changed them forever. Mary was never the same. Joseph was never the same. And these shepherds were never the same. Their lives had been transformed. What was it that they all had in common? It was belief. They believed in Jesus right from his birth. The shepherds didn't dismiss what the angels said. They believed it and acted upon it by looking. They went searching for this extraordinary child to be found in a manger, and they found him. And the shepherds are a great example of how experiencing Jesus changes you. They were living life. They were doing whatever they normally do. But once they encountered Jesus, they changed, and they glorified God. And then they just told everybody that they encountered after that what they had seen and heard and experienced. From his birth, Jesus was transforming lives. You know, the birth of Jesus is not just a story to be told. It is a life to be lived. It produces a life that lives out the experience of encountering Christ. It says in verse 20 in Luke 2 that the shepherds returned and went back to what they were doing. But they went back to their field and sheep, but they were changed still. They glorified God. They praised God. They went back to their old thing, but now they had a new joy in the midst of it. The same is true for us when we believe in Jesus, when we place our faith in Him as Savior, in His death on the cross for our sins, not, not our good works, but His death, when we place our faith in Jesus rising from the grave, defeating death, defeating sin. No one else has ever done that. No one else ever could. He changes our lives when we find ourselves believing these things about Him. Jesus changes us when we come to Him. He transforms us. He gives us new life. One of my personal favorite verses that summarizes that, that captures that, is found in 2 Corinthians, it's 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new 
has come. Would you read that with me, please? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Some of you need some new. (laughs) Some of you have received some new from Christ. How has God changed you? What kind of change do you need Christ to make in your life? Some of you are tired from running from God. Some of you are tired of playing games with God. Some of you are tired of the emptiness of the routine of life. And it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't give you lasting joy. It doesn't matter how many possessions you have, uh, the, the glory of those things fades, it doesn't give you lasting joy. Uh, the relationships doesn't give you lasting joy. It doesn't seem to matter how much you have or what you've done or how good you were or how bad you were, there's always that feeling something's missing and you long for more. Jesus is the more. He's come to change us. And you can experience this great joy that the angel mentions when you trust in Jesus as your Savior. Let Christ bring that new life to you. And if you have it, celebrate it and tell others who need to know about it. You know, it's helpful when we get to hear others share about what Christ is doing in their lives. It helps us see and hear what it looks like uh, to connect the dots of coming to to Christ and letting him transform and change your life. And of course, it's funny because Christmas will change you, but then when you come to Jesus, it changes the way you experience Christmas as well. Lauren is one of many people who've put their faith in Jesus this last year. She's been growing in her faith. She's been experiencing new life in Christ. And she was kind enough and brave enough to let us just capture her testimony. It's very fresh and real for her as a Christian about how Christ has changed her and now she experiences Christmas different. Let's watch this. So my view on the birth of Christ has changed dramatically since becoming a believer. Before it was just really a season of stuff. Um, A lot of doing different things, giving, receiving, but Jesus was not the focus. He was a part of it, um, but it was really focused on on us. Um, So now as a believer, I look at the birth of Christ as the beginning of Jesus' walk here on earth. Um, When Jesus would choose to come and leave the Father um, and come to this broken place um, and be born of a virgin through the power of the Holy Spirit. That statement alone just is incredible to me. Um, But he didn't just stop there. Um, He was born in a barn in a trough, something animals eat out of. And that speaks to the humility of Christ to me. Um, And so Jesus came into this world as a servant, but he also left as a servant. So yes, now that I am a believer, I celebrate this, absolutely. But I also have to remember why Jesus came. Um, And so that points me to my sin. And so when I look at my sin, um, yes, Jesus is making me new, and now I am a believer and he's purifying me, but I am still a human. And that's why Jesus had to come. When you look at John 18, 37, Jesus said that I came to save. And so we know that it's because of our brokenness that he came. Um, And so Jesus lived a humble, meek life on this earth. And at the end, he chose um, to die on the cross for my sins, for our sins. 
Um, and so now the season isn't just one of celebration, it's one of remembrance and one of repentance um, because the birth of Christ wasn't um, the only part of the story. Um, and thank God that wasn't the end either. The cross was not the end either. Um, then God raised Jesus up three days after he was dead um, because our God is so rich in mercy and grace. Um, and our Savior is now alive. He's alive and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, and he's interceding for us. He's directing our steps. Um, and so praise God for that, that Jesus would choose to do all of these things for us because he loves us so much. Um, so now this is not just a season of celebration and worship, um, of repentance and remembrance. It's also one of hope. Um, and so we, and now I, um, see Christmas as so much more than it was before. Yeah, that's encouraging. I just love to hear God changing lives. You know, Christmas changes the way we see God work. Christmas changes the way we see Jesus. Christmas changes everyone who believes. Christmas changes everything because Jesus changes everything. How has Jesus changed you? Uh, we don't have time to put you in front of a camera and hear all the testimonies, uh, but we do have a fun way to capture a little bit about the change that Christ has brought in your life. And so uh, I'd love for you to reach into your programs and pull out this card. It's the one that's got the uh, little string on it. It's an ornament. It's an ornament card. And it's blank for the moment. And you've got pins around you, or maybe you have one, uh, you know, on you as well. And here's what I'd like for you to do. If, if you can take the next few minutes as we continue to sing and start to turn a corner to wrap up here in a little bit, can you just answer this question on your card? How has the birth of Christ changed you? When you think about the transformation that the Lord has done in your life, and maybe you can capture that in a word or a small phrase, how has the birth of Christ changed you? And once you write that, on your way out today, I invite you to hang this on the tree out in the foyer. We've got a big tree out there. We want to absolutely cover that tree. We don't want to see any green, all right? And that way the people coming in after you will be like, what's with the tree with all the paper on it, you know? Um, but as they get closer, they can just see stories, examples, declarations of the change that Christ has made. And in fact, as you hang yours, you might want to look at a couple of the ones around it really fast and just look at the, a couple of testimonies of people who said, Jesus has changed my life. The birth of Christ has changed me. And so this is a way that you can declare and have a fun, creative way to testify to how Christ has changed you. Now, some of you that are watching online live right now or in this room right now, as we're talking about this, as we're seeing about this, as you're hearing even like Lauren's story, it's become very clear to you that you still do not have a relationship with Jesus. You know, the best Christmas gift that you can offer and be, uh, were offered is Christ. And the best one you can receive is Christ. And so I invite you today to give your life to Christ. Stop running from God. You might have a lot of questions. You're not going to get all the answers to all your questions. It's not going to line up. We don't drive our cars waiting for every single green light in the intersection to line up, and then we go. We, just, we take each as it comes. Right now, some of you are at an intersection, and the Lord is drawing you into relationship. He's offering you forgiveness of sins through the birth of Christ and the life of Christ and the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Go through the intersection. Just take the next one as it comes. And so how you do that is you simply tell God 
that you're coming to him and that you believe. You tell him that you're lost. You tell him that you're sinful. You can pray that anytime. You can pray it even now as I'm talking or while we're singing. You just give your life to Christ and you turn from yourself. You turn from your sin and place your trust and faith in Jesus. Just like the shepherds did. Just like Mary did. Just like Joseph did. We can do it too. And if you do that today, I want to invite you to let us know so we can celebrate you, uh, with you and help you in your next steps. Uh, you have in your program, in fact, we invite all of you to, to fill out one of these today and just turn it in. We're going to be passing some baskets shortly, and uh, you can put these in those baskets. This is primarily what we're after. Uh, we'll, we'll receive gifts too, but we really want to get these cards from everybody. And if you're giving your life to Christ today, or maybe you need to rededicate your life, you've, you've been, you strayed from Jesus and you need to get back on track with Jesus, I encourage you, as you rip this off, on the bottom there, would you just indicate that you're giving your life to Jesus as Savior? You're trusting in Him as Savior. Or maybe you're rededicating today. And what we'd like you to do is stop by on the way out a table on the right-hand side there and just hand this to one of our friends there in person and just say, I'm giving my life to Christ today. And they want to give you a gift that will help you in your next steps. We, they just want to congratulate you in that moment. If you can't get to that table, you can turn them in the baskets. We'll, we'll get in touch with you. If you're watching online, you can connect with us at uh, connect at cvconline.org. But we just want to give you a chance not just to testify, but also to receive Christ today because we all need Christ. Christmas changes everything because Jesus changes everything and everyone. Let's pray, and then we'll continue to worship through music as well. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that we even have a Christmas and a Christmas Eve. We wouldn't have it if it wasn't for Jesus. So, Lord, we don't um, want Jesus just to be a small part of Christmas. We confess that we've allowed sometimes busyness or our own selfish desires or commercialism or other things to squeeze out Christ. Lord, forgive us of that. Lord, we know that Christmas changes everything because of Jesus. So Lord, I give you praise with my brothers and sisters in Christ that you've changed us. We're not the people we used to be. Lord, we know that we're going to be a work in progress until you return one day, but Lord, we're not the people we used to be. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that we can be like the shepherds, that as we leave here, that we would declare how good you are, what we've heard from you, what we've seen, and how you've worked in our lives. Let us declare that. Lord, I pray for those boys and girls and men and women right now that might be giving their life to you as Savior. God, help them to trust you. Let the emptiness of all the other things they've trusted be so real and the need for you in their life so real that they would turn to you right now and place their faith in you as Savior. God, give them the courage to turn in that car to let us know so that we can walk with them and encourage them and celebrate with them. Father, thank you for our lives. We offer them back as gifts to you, to use as you want to. Take all the gifts that we're receiving today, just use them for your glory. And God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you that it changes everything. In Jesus' name, we all sit together.